Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast episode number 50. I am Matt O'Leary joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am pretty good. I'm about to head out on three days of, of camping at a provincial park here in Ontario called Sandbanks. I'm pretty stoked. That honestly sounds like a really fun time. I know you were telling me a little bit before we started actually recording, and I am quite jealous, and that is why we're actually recording today instead of yes. Wednesday. So it's all Mitch's fault. <laughs> it is because Matt accommodated my stupid scheduling. We were, we were literally talking about our what we're going to talk about on the pod. And I sent out the email going, okay, August 1st. Perfect. We're good to go. And then Matt's like, hey, what are you, what are you writing in terms of content this week? Oh, well, you know, I'm going to be gone for three. Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't even think about it. And then I was like, hey, can you do it to the next day? And Matt's like, yep, I guess I'm going to have to. So uh, praise to, to Matt on that one. Thank you. It's all good. I, I can make time for this. I like this. This is fun for me. Uh, this is a fun job. It's good times. Yeah. And it's big for us, too, because episode 50, like, that's a round number. Yeah. That's a very round number. That's a very round and very big number. 50, 50. Do you have an addition for us, Mitch? I think there's only the one we can go with, and it's Adam Pellick. Okay. I didn't look it up. Oh, the there's first. only two names, Adam Pellick and I forget the other person. He played in 1991. That's it. Okay. So this is definitely the Adam Pellick edition. I'm fine with that. I think this is the first time that I didn't look it up. So I will tip my cap to you, Mitch. <laughs> That's okay. That's the fine. The role was reversed you're, a little bit this week. You're doing this two days earlier than you're used to. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Another, it was a little bit of a slow week in Islanders land this week, Mitch. And the hockey as a whole has kind of slowed down since yeah. maybe the second week in July. But we still have some things to talk about, like a new hire for the New York Islanders, yeah. Mitch. And he shares your same first name. Woo! M- yes, he's obviously a winner. Yes. <laughs> Just because of that name. That's not really how it works, but I'm going to take that anyways. That's back-to-back weeks that we have a Mitch. 
That's not you in the podcast. Mitch squared. Yeah. <laughs> Cubed because of me. Yes, math. Oh, you're such a nerd. Uh, Mitch Korn was the hire, and he is going to serve as the director of goaltending. Which <laughs> That sounds like an amazing job. That sounds like a George Costanza made-up job. <laughs> <laughs> the director of Corsi. The director... <laughs> What are what are we like the director of blogging? Uh, nothing. No. no. <laughs> the director of I don't know eyes. The director of blogging of ridiculous content of top tens. There you go. Directors of top tens. <laughs> there, I think that fits. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what a director of goaltending does, but I like that Mitch Corn is here. Yeah, I, well, okay, so obviously he's not the day-to-day guy who's going to be on the ice, right? That's Piero Greco's job, the goaltending coach that they hired from the Toronto Marlies. Uh, and Mitch Korn did this exact job with the Washington Capitals, where he was on the ice, but he he had he wanted to take his day-to-day job back a bit. I think he's a little advanced in age, and he's looking to kind of spend more time with family, uh, do, you know, maybe not do the rigors of the, the, the day-to-day travel and going all the way out West Coast and back again and the rigors of that type of job. So he's going to have his, his field marshal, if you want, is going to be Piero Greco, where he's going to be the guy overseeing the strategy that the Islanders are going to implement with their goaltenders. So Leonard, Grice, Soderstrom, fingers crossed Sorokin, Whoever else, Christopher Gibson, did, did they still have? I forget if they still even have him because he was UFA. I don't even know if they signed him. I'm just spewing. Nonsense I don't remember. I ran out of goaltender names. I don't remember. Is that bad? I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't see him. No, I don't think so. So no, no Chris Gibson. Nay to the Gibson, Chris. So we're very sorry that we lost Chris Gibson. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I think I think we'll be absolutely fine without him. Um, again, Soderstrom. I think that that's the key here is that w- the Islanders are paying attention to goaltending. It's not just we've got a guy to kind of help you out with your drills. It's we got a guy to oversee how we're going to implement the position of goaltending and how we're going to teach and how we're going to groom goaltenders going forward. It's not just about the guys on the ice today, but it's about the, it's about the guys on the ice tomorrow. I agree with you, but I did look it up and Chris Gibson did sign on in July. To- did he? Why, how did I miss that? I, I've, I've skimmed really quick and my dyslexia just well, yeah. kicked in. When in sure. doubt, we're going to blame it on Mitch's dyslexia. <laughs> Always to the dyslexia. Um... I I think that plan actually fits perfectly, especially if he's a little bit older. Because then, like, you just need him at the practice facility, really, right? So you could just you could just yep. camp out, find find the nice place on Long Island, wherever you want. He's from the Bronx, so he might just go back there. Although that's a pretty long commute, I'm sure. Yeah, you don't want to be driving through the Bronx to get to Long Island every day. If you can avoid it, you want, probably want to live out on the island and just drive the ten minutes, or because everything's yep. fifteen minutes away. Not really, but yeah. that's what we say. Um, and realistically, you don't necessarily need someone during the game there, right? No. It's more for working on stuff or like, let's say, I don't know. Let's use Grice, for example, because you struggled last year. Then while your goalie or whichever one is struggling, during practice, he could then work with them and say, okay, I've 
watch the tape or whatever, and this is what I'm seeing that you're doing wrong. Let's work on X, Y, and Z, and then address it that way. It doesn't have to necessarily be someone there who is saying in between periods in this guy's ear or whatever the case may be. That is what the lower-level guy, I forget. The goaltending coach is for. Piero Greco. Greco. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. They they just need a guy to oversee the strategy that they will implement for goaltending. And I can't stress that enough because goaltending isn't a position you need to take lightly. It's very poorly scouted because people don't know how to scout goaltending. It's very poorly developed because that as well because of that as well. People or teams like to dwell on, on the now. We're gonna make our guy here really good now. Well, let's make sure that we have a more holistic approach to the position. Because the Islanders don't necessarily need help just now. They do. But they need help in the future. And they need help in, in grooming these guys like Linus Soderstrom. But more importantly, they need to show Sorokin that they're not some two-bit operation. That they're not just going to throw Freddie Brathwaite out there. Who, mind you, seems to be a perfectly fine goaltending coach, but didn't do a good job. And he, he didn't have that name recognition. Whereas Mitch Korn definitely does. You look at the resume of guys that he, that, uh, that he coached. But Hasek... Uh, Kolzig and Holtby and so on and so forth. Like he's he's got the name recognition that a guy like Sorokin will probably say like, I I wouldn't mind working with him. Yeah, I mean if that's the ultimate goal, which I would love to see Sorokin come over here in two years, right? Sure. Yeah, I guess uh, that would be ideal. Absolutely. Because then you have Leonard for this year, maybe give him another short term deal, and then. Sorokin's over, whatever the case may be, but I definitely think this gives the Islanders a little more stability at the coaching position because it seems like that they were switching guys out. I know they changed hands from Jack Capuano to Doug Waite, but it just never seemed like a good transition, I guess. And yeah, no. and Mitch Korn is a proven guy. It was always, I don't know, I felt like they were just hiring ex-NHL guys who were, like, oh, yeah. friends with Doug Waite, in a, in a way. In a way, like, he didn't say, he said the opposite of that, like, I'm not just hiring my buddies, but it kind of just seemed like that. Um, at the very least, this this shows that the Islanders are paying attention to the goalie position. In a larger, broader picture, the meta picture, it looks like the Islanders are paying attention to the franchise in general, and they're really pr- trying to put an excellence forward uh, position. It's kind of weird to say that. They are striving for excellence, as the owners would say, because they are bringing in name recognition. They are bringing in known quantities of championship caliber minds, which is exactly what you want to do when you're trying to rebuild not only a product on the ice, but a product off the ice. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because in past years, like we said, it's more of the unproven guy. Now you bring in the, like starting from the top, Lou Lamarillo, then down to Barry Trotz, then down to Mitch Korn. Like the structure is here. You just need to continue to build now. Yeah, the Islanders used to just hire whoever they could on the cheap. Now they're spending money. They throw in bills out on their on their coaches. And that's perfect. That's exactly what the Islanders need. That's exactly what the Islanders have been missing because they're now what seems to be a functional NHL franchise. Because they're spending in areas that doesn't look like you get a lot of return in, but when you think about it, it does. Right, and we talked a lot about last week uh, Barry Trotz and how he could potentially make changes with this team just by having his presence there instead of Doug Waite. 
And I think the same thing could be said about Korn in the goalie position. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he has the proven track record. He's worked with Braden Holtby before, so uh, I'm definitely excited about it. Yeah. Does it help Robin Leonard this year? Probably. Does it help him enough to bring him back to 920 goalie? I don't know about that. I think Leonard has a lot to say about that. Right, and his attitude and his his disposition to being coached, and what uh, Lamorello is trying to instill in the, in the franchise, I think he's going to have a bigger part to play than coaching. But if he's receptive to the coaching and he's receptive to the lessons that he's being taught, and he's keeping a fair mind about everything, I think they can bring him back pretty quick. Yeah, I think he could be capable. You know, like an average yeah. starter. I don't think he's necessarily going to be great. I don't think he's going to stink, but I think he'll be. Somewhere in the middle. Sure. And that's, look, if the Islanders had average goaltending last year, they may not have made the playoffs, but they would have been pretty darn close. Yeah, with that offense, you'd think they probably would be pretty close. Absolutely. Shave off, like, let's say 50 goals from their overall record, and they're right there in the middle of the pack. They probably are. And that's like an arbitrary number I pulled from my back end, so. That's how we like to do it, though. We fly by the seat of our (laughs) pants. We say things without... I'm not wearing pants. I have shorts on, though. Oh, no. <laughs> At least you said shorts. I was just like... <laughs> it's all... Nothing going on down here. Uh, all I'm wearing is this sweater. And even then, it's not even done up. I, I only wore this because I didn't I didn't think it would be proper for me to sit here without a shirt on. So at least this, this gives me a semblance of wearing something. It's giving Matt the impression that you're clothed when you're really not. <laughs> Exactly. I I'm not wearing a shirt. I'm very shirtless, but I'm wearing a sweater. There we go. Just just like so it look cool. You do look very cool. You have like a guitar tattoo hanging out or something on your shoulder. Yeah, that's that's my base over my chest. My Leviathan is probably showing on the other side. Yeah. Very cool. Indeed. Do you want to get into a little game now, Mitch? A game? Yeah. Okay. It's a little game I like to play over under. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was coming because I have the running order and I was going, wait a second, I didn't know we were playing a game here. You got confused and it was scaring me a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'm with you. So I think we're going to start trying to do these a little more frequently now where we set a number. It could be anything, games, points, goals, any sort of anything really. And for this one, it's Matt Martin and the amount of games that he's going to play this year. I set it at 41, the halfway mark of the season. He okay. played 50 games last year. There's a crowded forward group this year for the Islanders. That's an understatement. Are you taking the over or the under? I'm taking the over. Okay. How come? I just, it's his position to lose, I would imagine. So he's going to start the season as a fourth line regular. And so if he does well, which I expect him to do, he won't be forced out of that position. Like, keep in mind, before he got he before he went to free agency, he was a 19-point player. And that's a career high for Matt Martin. He hit 12 in 50 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs last year. And as I do the math, I'm pretty sure that equals to 20, or like 19.6. 19.68 over a season. So round that up to 20. He was on pace for 20 points last year. He was going to have another career year if he played a full season. So Matt Martin is just as good as he was when he left two years ago, arguably, when you look at the production he put up between New York Islanders and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm, I took the under in this one. How? Okay, why? 
because as the roster sits right now, I think you have to have Komarov in the lineup. And right now the only spot for him is fourth line left wing. Yeah, maybe. Because we, remember we wrote it out either last week or the I week have before. it written, written here. We have on the third line um, Komarov, Filipula, Lad. And then we have Martin Sezikis, Cal. And scratched our... Well, we have Kovar here, but that's weird. Kovar, Kunakal, and Johnston. I wrote this on my table in pencil. My wife has been not happy about me for a while. You wrote it on the table? About this. I did. It's my table. I don't know why she's mad about it. It's my table in the basement in the, in the studio. It's not like it's up there for the guests to see when they come over to our house, which we don't entertain a lot of people. I, I wouldn't even write it on my own table. Mitch, that's a ballsy move, I gotta tell you. Huh? Uh, that's how I run. I think we probably will, would put Kovar back in to, to this lineup. I would lineup, say so. Right? And then... Uh, just because, and then Komarov's deal, I mean, he's a four-year deal at $3 million. He's not going to be the, a healthy scratch. With a modified no-trade clause? Like, he could be a scratch, but I, I don't, yeah. Okay, so what you're saying is that he's going to get less than 41 because there's too much competition. Yeah, I'm saying, like, as it is r- right now. I'm taking, okay. unless there is a trade, then I would say, okay, I'll take the over. But with all the forwards that we have listed right now, like I, I yeah. agree. I don't think Kunakul is gonna be playing. I don't think Ross Johnston is going to be playing. But that, that's not including Kovar, Filpula, and Komarov. Yeah. So what say you to a player getting scratched? I know you said a, a transaction like a trade, but what if one gets scratched? Because at the moment we're sitting with fifteen fours and six D and two goalies for the twenty three active roster. Um, I don't imagine that they're going to go through the season with six defensemen. They're going to bring up a seventh, but that means a four has got to go. So, like, so who goes? Who goes? Uh, yeah. To me, the answer is pretty obvious. Kunakal? Yeah. Like, he's the most expendable of, of all of them. Right? If, if you... you if you, uh, you, you wave him after tra- uh, training camp, like they did with PA Parental last year... You're not going to like turn heads. You're going, oh, well, you signed a guy to a, a one-way $700,000 deal who was at best the fourth liner anyway. So like, pff, whatever. It's not like you're scratching a guy that you brought in for what was a bargain price to play with Tavares, essentially. And then scratch him, or not even scratch him, wave him two months later. Yeah, that was definitely really bizarre what happened with P.A. Parento. Yeah. But I guess I could see someone getting waved before the season starts. But even if at that point, okay, so you get... Kunak out of there. Then what? Uh, then Martin's still your scratch. Yeah, you still got you still got two guys that you got to scratch. So Johnston being one, and then Martin. But would would you if you have Johnston and Martin scratched? Why would you do that? Because you got two guys who do the same. They're the thing same player, scratched. Mitch. <laughs> the same same guy, just cheaper, cheaper. Maybe Maddie doesn't want to fight anymore. Maybe Maddie signed his deal saying, maybe not signed, but when he got traded, said, "Lou, I really don't want to fight anymore. I got to protect the money maker." That would be like. Anders Lee saying, I don't want to score goals anymore, Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. As soon as I said it, I was going, yeah, it's not going to happen. No. uh, Like I said, as of right now, I'm taking the under, but if something changes, like three (laughs) bottom six forwards move out of the way. That's not going to happen. Then, yeah. At best, two. At best, two, but one's definitely got to go. Right. That's the thing. There's just so many right now, which is a point I feel like we hit on every single week, but. 
But that's that's the narrative of the offseason. We're not the only ones hitting that point. Anyone who looks at the New York Islanders saying, oh, the bottom six, oh, they got four fourth lines over there. Whoa, That's anyone who looks at the Islanders. Because that's the narrative that we have. That's what's going on. Yeah. Like, that's fair. It's fair. It is fair. It's annoying. They want but... they want to change the narrative? Trade some of them away to bring in a, like a, a top four defender or a top six winger. Not that they necessarily need a top six winger, but or or a center, a top six center. Bring in Matt Duchesne. Save him from the Ottawa Senators. There you go. That would be a plan. For what? I have no idea, but I don't know. Devin Taves doesn't seem like they're going to really use him this year. Him or Vandesample and anyway, some other guys. Go for it. Do it. If you can bring him in, perfect. I like your thinking, Mitch. Thank you. Want to talk about Ollie Wallstrom? Yeah, let's do that. Let's. He's been in the news. Yes, so he will not be attending training camp, unfortunately. What? Hold on, Mitch. Before okay. you outrage online, we were then... I was going to spit my water out. <laughs> he instead will be going to Boston College so he doesn't lose his eligibility, and that was pretty much expected to happen. Yeah, of course, because there's that 48-hour rule by the NCAA where you can go to training camp, but you got to get your butt out of there 48 hours or 47 hours and 59 seconds. Minutes. Yeah, sorry, minutes later. Yeah, so you can only stay for under 48 hours, and then you got to leave. Otherwise, your eligibility flies out the window. And I don't necessarily blame Wallstrom. No, if he wanted to play in the OHL, he would have. If he wants to be at Boston University because he wants either the college experience or he really likes the idea of playing NCAA hockey, then then do that. And, and, and look out for you. There's no need to go to the training camp necessarily. Yeah. And and, I'm, and like the Islanders brass know about this. This isn't a secret to anyone. Oh, sure. It, it was said at the draft that he was going to Boston College next year anyway. So Yeah. But as in like not going to training camp. Yeah, they, they, I'm sure, knew about this for a while now at this point. If we knew about it, they knew about it. Oh, absolutely. And for me, I think Wallstrom even said this, too. He said that he can continue to develop his game at the NCAA level. And we saw it before with Kiefer Bellows. Uh, well, he did the one-year Boston U, and then he went to the OHL to get more reps. Not the OHL, the, the WHL. The WHL, yeah. So this time it'll be Wallstrom, one year at Boston College, then right to the NHL. That's the plan. Yeah, probably. And like that's the difference between the WHL and and uh the NCAA is that with the NCAA you're playing with a higher caliber of player because you've got guys that are in there for 20, 21 years old. Well, you're not necessarily you're not getting that with the the WHL. Right? The only difference is that with the WHL, you're getting a ton more repetitions. I think it's a 34 game season with the NCAA where it's 76 or something in the WHL. So, this is what I I wanted to ask you this. So yeah. I wanted to know if you knew the answer because I don't. I'll be hand up. I don't. I don't claim to know everything. So I'll ask you. After I think it's thirty-four game season for the for NCAA, right? I believe. Okay, so, yeah. so after the let's say thirty-four games, can he then report to Bridgeport? No, no, not that I'm aware of. No. That's a good question with Bridgeport. I know he can't do OHL. Or like CHL or anything, he can't go to that to that league. Uh, I don't think he can for the AHL. I know when it comes to the CHL, there's a rule, and I don't think he's got the age either. He's only 18 years old. 
I don't think they take teenagers. I don't think you can be a... Although that's a different... If he's coming from the NCAA. I don't think so. Right? Like... I think the eligibility rule just says you can't essentially play elsewhere unless you go and play elsewhere forever kind of thing. Right. I'm saying, like, after the college season ends, like, he then can't go... I don't believe okay. so, no. And again, I, I don't have the rule book in front of me, but I, I'm pretty sure eligibility rules indicate that you can't go play elsewhere. Like, he couldn't go Boston U this year, once it's done, go to the AHL, and go back to Boston U next year. I think he gives up his eligibility if he goes and plays somewhere else. Right, but isn't that his plan anyway, to play in the NHL next year? Yeah, but then you're never going back to Boston U anyways. I guess. So, one of you fine listeners can correct us on that. I'm sure you all know, or someone out there knows, um, what exactly the eligibility rule is. And, And maybe we should look it up and write it out as a post. Just as a, a teaching lesson for even just ourselves. Yeah, I'm interested a now. Teaching lesson, a teaching moment. That's what I wanted yeah, to say. That is a teaching moment. Yeah, for at least ourselves, because we clearly need to know it. Oh yeah, we definitely should. Do you have high expectations for him in college? By the way, of course I do. Who wouldn't? Yeah, I think he's gonna light it up. And if he doesn't, it's not that he's gonna be a, a wash or he's gonna be a, a bust if he doesn't. Because, again, it's only 34 games, and, and guys don't score a ton of goals there. But I, I would expect him 15, 20 goals. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, and, and with that, I think that'd be a, a good measure of, okay, well, I think he's got exactly what he says he's got or what we've seen. So I, I would be okay with 15 to 20 goals. Hey, if he can put up a goal a game, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's Hobie Baker or Bust, but hoping hoping yeah because Kiefer Bellows who we know can score quite well in the WHL he had four just to remind you he had 41 goals with the Portland Winterhawks yeah in at Boston University he only had seven goals in how many games in, in that 34, 34 game stretch right he had 14 points in 34 games yeah and so we're like, not classifying Bellows as a bust no not even close like he's a blue chip prospect for me yeah, he probably is. I, I don't think he'll make the team this year. Not because he's not talented enough, but, but just they haven't made enough room for him. Um, they'll, they'll allow him to try to force his way on the team. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, the, I here's my thing. Bellows and Hosang, I think they both could have good camps and not make the team. And that I not viewed as a failure. Agree. Like I don't, I'm not going to necessarily blame Bellows or Hosang for not making the team unless it's like oh, obvious like oh they were terrible in camp if they're right. decent it's not going to be like oh this guy's a bust because he's going back to the AHL no it's just if you look they have a million older guys right now yeah I just hope they don't see it that way I think Bellows will be fine but I'd worry about Hosang and what that would do to his ego after what would be a fourth year of not making the team I guess. Would it be a fourth or a third in a row where he should have... Let's just say three years now where he should have made the team and didn't. Like, how does his ego take that? Especially now where, like, he should have. He's had two stints. He did well in both. They threw him down for no good reason. They wanted him to learn his defensive side of the game. And And skating straight lines. He should be here. He can't stick... God, Jesus, this team. This team sometimes... Uh, very frustrating anyways. stuff. 
But I just hope they don't take it as hard as we think they could. No, I think they'll be all right. Okay. I'll, I'll go with you on that one. Mitch, let's move on to some right-wing depth chart talk. So we, we spoke already on this podcast a lot about their crowded forward group. And you went through and looked at the right wingers last week. We talked about some left wingers. So, what's uh, what's your ranking? So I only ranked five players. I didn't rank guys that were not going to make the team by any stretch of the imagination. And I went through and I said, "What are their importance to the team?" So these five players and the five guys I got are Bailey, Eberle, Clutterbuck, Hosang, Kunhakel. What are their importance to the team? And then I'll rank them according to that. And so my rank was Bailey, Eberle, Clutterbuck, Hosang, Kunhakel. I just read it off beforehand, so I kind of gave away the lead before I went through it. So, obviously, I could see the debate between switching Eberle and, and Bailey. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I, was, I think that's okay. the only switch I would make. But other than that, I agree. Yeah, and the, when you look at that, you think, well, why isn't Hosang on this team? Well, it's because they got a ton of left-wingers. They got like seven left-wing players. Yeah, that, without Bellows. And did we count Brock as a left winger last week? I think we did. Yeah, we did. Okay. I put him as one because I didn't put him as a center. Do we count? I don't. I don't think he's a center. I wrote that this just today. I put up a post showing, not showing, but detailing why I think Brock Nelson is going to be a better winger than he was as center. I agree with you, but I'm not 100 percent sold that they don't put him as the second line center for next year. Why do you get Kovar then? What are you going to do with Kovar? He's your scratch. He's him? your wave. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sure, maybe. I suppose. I I don't see it. I think he, I think he's got skill, uh, especially when you you put him next to two skilled guys. Like we have him here between Lee and Bailey. I think he does right. Yeah, I think he would be fine in between those two guys. But I think they could make the case that they think Nelson could do well in between those two guys. Oh, maybe, maybe. I, I remember, not remember, but when I was doing this post for Brock Nelson today, I, I was doing some research on, on Brock Nelson as a winger, and uh, a Lighthouse Hockey post came up from 2016, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, and shows that Brock Nelson was amazing, like really bleeping good was what, what they wrote at one point, and he showed how Brock Nelson made everyone around him better. That's not the Brock Nelson we know today at all. No. I'd like to go back to that time. That sounds amazing. Because I, it may seem like, oh, Matt just hates on Brock Nelson all the time. And, and Michael Dalcole, like they, his whipping boys <laughs> or something like that. But no, no, no. He's got target. He's got a dartboard in his room for each of them. No, there was a time when Matt was big on Brock Nelson. In 2014-15, I thought Brock, would, Brock had a solid year. Then 2015-16, he was kind of stagnant, and then the same thing happened again. 16-17, and 17-18, he was bad. So I, I think I turned on Brock in 16-17. So I was a late bloomer to the Brock hate. That's fair, because that's really when it started becoming a pattern, right? Where it wasn't just two years. That was three years of him disappearing between December and February. Yeah. So that's fair. Um, so you would, you would only change Bailey and Everly. Why is that? Why would you put Eberle as the first-ranked right wing in terms of the Islanders' depth chart? I know that Bailey had more points last year, but I still think that Eberle is a better all-around player. 
Okay, that's fair. Um, I had something for the social that I'm going to throw out now because it kind of makes your point. Uh, where is it? It was from Travis Yost, from TSN's Travis Yost. And he says, the forward with the highest similar score of even strength individual plus on ice results to Connor McDavid last year was Jordan Eberle. He says, I shit you not. Really? Yeah. So not equal, but the closest in terms of similarity to even even strength individual and on ice results was Jordan Eberle. That's pretty surprising. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes your point. I didn't see that tweet till just now because that's when he did it. Uh, where he was clearly really good. He was so effective with the minutes that he was given. You, you can say that that's because of, of Matthew Barzal. But jo- we knew Jordan Eberle was going to be a good player. Uh, it's just it meshed really, really, really well <laughs> with Matthew Barzal. I just think over the course of his entire career, he's been a little more consistent where Bailey has come on very strong the last two years. And I'm not saying that Bailey's bad or by any stretch of the imagination. I would just rank Eberly as the first right wing, and then I'd put Bailey right underneath that. And that's fair. I went based off of what they did now, but you're absolutely right that as a consistent, uh, like as a consistency factor, Everly's definitely got it. Like he had that one rough season where I think he scored maybe thirty or forty points, uh, where Bailey did that for the first eight years of his career. Right, he had that one forty-one point season before he scored fifty-four two years ago. Yeah, and seventy-one last year. So, right. Right now, for Jordan, uh, for Josh Bailey, it seems like it's, okay, is this really going to stick? Are you going to ride this out? Or is this going to come crashing right down? Um, and that's that's going to be the referendum for Josh Bailey is, now that John Tavares is gone, can he still be that 71-point player? I absolutely think so. I really do. Um, obviously, it helped that, that John Tavares was there and John Tavares was his center. But when you look at some of the primary assists that Josh Bailey got not only this year, but last the year before that, um, it was with Anders Lee. Yeah. So he was primary assist on a lot of goals for Anders Lee. So the connection between those two was just as strong. So as long as they're together, maybe we see we see the resurgence. We we not the resurgence, but we see that consistency again. And maybe not seventy one points, but probably a sixty point player. I was gonna say I don't think he hits seventy. I think he comes down to about high fifties to low sixties. And for $5 million a year, I think that's perfect. No, that's good value. Yeah. For that long, whatever. But, you know, if he wants to be here, fine. Perfect. I I, I wouldn't want to lose him just because we don't want to give him a couple years. Yeah, I'm completely okay with that. I I agree putting Clutterbuck ahead of Hosang just because I don't think Hosang has a guaranteed roster spot. But Clutterbuck does have a guaranteed roster spot. Even though I think Hosang's the more skilled player, but like I said, it goes down to the guaranteed roster spot. Yeah, because again, this is about the importance to the team. And Hosang is potentially important to the team, but he's not going to be important to the team if he can't even make the roster. Right, he has to be given that opportunity. Yeah, and, and that was one of the criteria that I had for this this list, like I said at the beginning. If they're not going to make the team, I'm not even looking at them. I don't want to have a list of 20 guys where I'm going back and looking at the guys they drafted just this year at right wing. I don't care about them necessarily right now. They're important, and, and I'm sure we can maybe write a post eventually about the depth chart of right wing that they have throughout the organization. 
But at this point, I really wanted to make it about the players that are on or that could make the roster today. And Hosang could make it. It just it doesn't look likely. Like, I really, I just don't think he makes it. And I have a hard time with that. Not because I, I think he has to have a spot today. It's just, like I said before, what is that going to do to his confidence with three years of, no, you, you're going to have to play in the AHL again? It seems that he struggled for a little bit last year when he was sent down again. Yeah. Like, what, what is it going to be now? He's going to hold out like Jonathan Drouin? I hope it doesn't get that far. He seems like the type of guy to do something like that, doesn't he? I guess, based off his reputation, right? Yeah, I, I don't like to say it, but like... Maybe I shouldn't say it then, but I said it, so there's the honesty. It's out there on the internet, Mitch. That's it's never, out there. You can never take that back. Oh, no! But that's the thing. Like He would have to blow them away in training camp to make this roster, and... I th- I think that's a bad for him because you're setting the bar so high, and then if he doesn't reach that expectation, then it l- he's going to look down on himself, and the confidence isn't going to be there. And I think that's what helps him as his his game or makes his game so strong is that confidence level. That confidence. But yeah. w- as you saw last year, once the confidence was shot, he, his kind of season went down the toilet after that. And if the Islanders are going to be bad this year, which many project them to be. I'd rather them be bad with youth and have them develop than older aging talent that doesn't help them long-term. Yeah, I I get the idea of they're trying to build a certain character and they're trying to build a certain uh, ethos around the team and build a culture. I get that. Um, I just don't... I think you can do that and keep the team, uh, the youth in. But then again, I'm not not a GM. It it just seems like it's possible to do. So I don't understand why they couldn't do both at the same time. But if they can convince um, Hosang and Belisay, don't worry, guys. Take a year. Get better. Get stronger. Take it. Yes, you're going to be a year older. Yes, I know. But take that year. Get here. And you will reap the rewards of that year. Look at what happened with Barzell. If they can sell them on that, oh, I think that'll be good. And they're only one injury away from getting called up. That's true. Absolutely. The thing with Hosang is that he's at the end of his deal. I don't think he's looking at this saying, I don't I don't want an uh an uh what is it, a Devin Tay's deal because I was stuck in the AHL because you guys put me here. I I don't want that. Don't give me that deal. Give me the t- the chance to shine. Give me the chance to earn some money. I get I get from the player's perspective, I get that. Yeah. But so All right. Do you want to talk about and then, Tom Kuhnhockel? Obviously Kuhnhockel's the last one and like you said, he's the expendable guy, so like pfft. Yeah, I don't see him playing for the Islanders. I think he makes the, he could make the team. He could. If, if Hosang doesn't, I think he makes the team. Do you see him playing more than no. 15 games? Uh, no, maybe, but like, it's not going to be much more if injuries happen. He, he's going to be a scratch pad well, player for sure. What did Gianta do the last couple of years? Cause that's what he was essentially going to be. Yeah. But Gianta spent a lot of his time in the AHL. He wasn't like a, Sitting on on the scratch pad, JF Perube style. Yeah, a good point. It was twenty six and sixteen, seventeen. So, so yeah. So see, there you go. Twenty six. That's more than you said at fifteen. So maybe something so like check that. yourself. Oh, forced you wreck yourself. Sorry, I didn't know you're such a big Steven Gianta supporter. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about my rap skills. 
not my Gianta love. <laughs> we we know you have mad skills, Mitch. Mm. Yeah, you should have heard. Oh, my family has a video of me karaokeing. It's bad. It's so bad. I'm gonna need to see that. When's that from? I'm at uh, just two weeks ago when my brother was in town. My family and my cousins, we went out for a karaoke night, and uh, it was bad. What'd you sing? But that's the point, right? What? Um, what did I sing? Oh, I Rick rolled it. I did some Rick Astley. Did you really? Never going to give you up. <laughs> that's just, did, that's perfect. That's perfect for you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely was. It, it, it did not sound good. But that's the point of karaoke. Yes. So, anyways, my skills are... Not non-existent. Want to move on to the social segment? Let's do it. All right. I know you have a couple of tweets that you wanted to share with us, so hit it, hit me with it. Okay. So first off is Michael Bateman. So at Michael from NJ, who says, "Can the people who did the snow must go billboards start a petition to retire aisles number ninety-one in honor of Butchie? For real, JT leaving was nothing but a reminder that the number should have been retired decades ago." Um. I don't know about this no. whole night. I, I get the sentiment of retiring 91 to Butchie to kind of slight Tavares, but I don't know. The, if he's not even in the Hall of Fame, why do we retire his number? I have I have beef with old man Isles Twitter recently. Not just the Isles Twitter in general, but oh boy. old man Isles Twitter. The, the, beef the, with a capital B. The Fisherman jersey oh, debacle, boy. which mine came in the mail today, so that, that I CC'd them on Twitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, you could look at my Twitter at MetalLyrianY and see a picture and become engulfed in flames or whatever it is you do when you see a fisherman jersey. <laughs> They're gonna emulate themselves. But if you look at Butch Goring's numbers with the Islanders, okay, yeah. can we just take a second here? We're talking about twelve games in 1979, 1980, and I know that he was the quote unquote missing piece to the puzzle. Yeah. Fine. He, the next year, he put up 60 points. Then it was 32, 39, 46, and 41 total. Seven with the Islanders because he was traded midway through the year. And then it was 34 with Boston. So is, is that like yeah. numbers, number of retiring statistics? No. Like, come on. We're so. setting the bar so low here if we're saying that Butch Goring's numbers is going to be retired. But we want to heal, Matt. We need we need to heal. And this is this is clearly something devised for us to heal. To kind of just go like screw you, Tavares, and then we feel better about ourselves. No, that's like Until next year when we look up at the Rasp going, We actually did it? Oh man. Yeah, that's that's so dumb. I why? I look. This is nothing against Butch Goring. He's a fine player, and yeah, he was a good piece to the to the puzzle for those dynasty era teams. But then you're going to become like the Yankees when you're retiring every single person's number, and there's gonna be no numbers left to wear. Yeah, I, <laughs> everyone's going to wear ridiculous numbers. Ninety six, ninety four. Uh, yeah, I I don't think it's a good idea. Just because I, I I don't think he's that good I think he's great I think he was very important for those, those dynasty teams and he he was obviously fantastic for that but number retiring no I know we want to heal I, I know we want to heal but like I don't think this is the way to do it let's let's if we're gonna be petty about things let's just do like 
wear pajamas like Brian suggested on our site. Just wear pajamas at February on February twentieth when Tavares comes to town. Or or sing lullabies like like Tony M just suggested on Twitter to us. Sing lullabies in Tavares' honor when he's here on February twenty eighth. That's the kind of petty gesture we should be doing. Not retiring someone's number that in all honesty doesn't really require retiring. I agree. Um uh, and then I had uh, Matthew Barzell's beach bod. Um, I, I very much have a dad bod. For as, as skinny as I am, I, I still have a dad bod going on, and I was embarrassed when I saw that picture because he is cut out of rock. He is. It was like he's a sculpture, like a Greek god or something. I don't know what sport they're playing, but I definitely want to be on his team because he looked you don't, like he was going to destroy that ball. You don't know spike ball? Oh, they were playing spike ball? Yeah, the long game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. I d- I didn't know what it was. I saw it was like this foam yellow ball. I didn't know what, it, what sport it was. Yeah, if you look, there's the the trampoline, the trampoline there? thing on the floor. If you look close. Oh man, yeah. I don't want to play with him. He just destroy the trampoline. Yeah, no. My I I don't know if you have more, but my social segment yep. that I was bringing to the table it kind of has to do with this. So I'm gonna hop in here. Nice. It's from the Offside Tavern. So nice. Definitely shout, shout out, out to them. They put together a very funny picture. They did a meme sort of thing. It's it's that picture of Barzal about to spike the ball and then Anthony Beauvillier paddling out and it says Abercrombie and Fitch underneath it, like an old Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> advertisement. I'm holding it up to Mitch so he can see it right now. But yeah. <laughs> it, it, I see <laughs> it's it's pretty good because it kind of reminds me of those quote-unquote models who would stand in the mall shirtless. Yeah, that was really strange. Yeah, so <laughs> that, that was pretty good. Because, yeah, both of them cut. Ridiculous. And, uh, Barzal is everywhere. Like, look at his legs in that picture. The vein in his in his quadricep? Oh, my God. And then Bo is just kind of like, to the chest. Jesus, Murphy, I, I have to go work out now just to feel good about myself. I think we're going to do like 100 setups after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and then never again for two months because I am not very well disciplined at all. <laughs> That's usually how it goes, right? That's usually how it goes. I hit it hard for about a week and then it. oh, I'm not feeling well today. I won't do it. And then I never do it again. I love living Anyways. life like that. <laughs> uh, my last one was from at McLock's who said, hey, the latest edition of Hashtag The Hockey News is here, and he throws it out because it's it's Tavares on the cover. Oh, okay. He just tosses it in the recycling. Good idea. See, that's the kind of petty thing we should be doing. That's perfect. It's funny. It's on point. He probably still could, took it out of the recycling because there's nothing in there to read it and then throw it out. Um, but that's, that's the kind of petty we're looking for, not the retiring... Butch Goring's number. Great guy, great player, but like he does not retiring worthy. Come on now. Did you see my petty dig at Tavares from my time in Pittsburgh? I don't think so. Okay, so I went to their Pittsburgh Natural History Museum sort of thing, and they had mm. like. Yes, I did see that. So they had like different displays, right? And they had different animals and stuff like this. And they had they had a snake. So I took a picture of it. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that they would have John Tavares on display in the Pittsburgh National History Museum. <laughs> a bazinga. If I'm allowed to use that. I don't know. I don't know anything else. I was going to do a, a, 
a joke from a Canadian TV show, but no one would have got it but me. So they have Canadian TV shows. Oh my God! Come on now. It's not like the same as American TV shows. We have our own TV shows, Matt. Like we have infrastructure and cable and no, but like production a, facilities. But like we're not living in igloos. <laughs> no, but I'm talking like on, on CBS New York. Are you getting Big Bang Theory or are you getting whatever? Well, we don't have CBS New York, first off. I, oh, yeah, but we you know, just, it's an affiliate. Mine's CBS New York, but when you have CBS yeah, Ottawa, get, is it? We don't have CBS, so we have other stations that pick up the rights for Big Bang Theory, like Global or CBC or some other stupid channel. We we, we can get NBC. Okay. Fox? I don't... Yeah, Fox. And then specialty channels that we'll pick up. So the 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 show I was going to quote was Corner Gas. It's something that my wife and I watch daily. It and it was this Canadian TV show where they are in the prairies and nothing really happens. Like the opening lyrics to the the intro song is, uh, "You can tell me that my dog ran away, and you can tell me that it took three days. I've heard every joke. I've heard every line. Because that's a joke in the prairies. Like, hey, your dog's running away. He's been running for three days because you can see flat. Oh, uh, okay. But dum Okay. Welcome to Canadiana. The Canadiana hour, eh? Oh, yes. <laughs> thank hey, that's all I had on social. Thank you. And you taught me something new. I didn't know that. They have TV Jesus. in Canada. Jesus, Murphy. God, man. Like, come on now. <laughs> we have TV. We have everything. I'm, we just don't have... We have like 10% of your population. That's the only difference. I didn't know if you had like the same channel set up or what What was going on i don't know no i like um here in Ottawa, i don't have the same same channel set up at, like in terms of even just numbers oh, no, they no, do no. in toronto i didn't like my that. channel three is different than their channel three in toronto oh i'm sure but i didn't know if you were getting like i don't know like like i said cbs and big bang theory and Je- do they have jeopardy in canada oh my god that's a valid yes, question we have, that's yes we have jeopardy, jeopardy in canada do you have Matt? wheel of fortune Yes. The the American one or is it some Canadian spinoff? No, 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 no. <laughs> These are fair questions, Mitch. We have Matt Sajak and um, Deborah White. Okay. No, we have Wheel of Fortune. When I when I grew up from seven to eight o'clock, it was Wheel of Fortune followed by Jeopardy every night. My parents watched it every night. I uh, see. We got the flipped. It's uh, in New York. It's Jeopardy first and then Wheel of Fortune. I don't know. It's always the wheel first here. We get everything. MASH. I grew up watching MASH. Uh, See, I only know that from TV land. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're way too young. (laughs) I thought MASH It seems like whenever we run out of content and we have to, like, fill up an hour, we always go like, so, I'm Canadian. And you go like, well, I'm young. And then we just, like, banter about that. We need better banter. I, I'm learning so much. I'm just think about it. Like our demographic is mostly people from Long Island and New York. They don't know. They don't know anything about Canada. Okay, what else do you want to know about Canada? A. Do you have anything else? Maybe next week come come with Canadian questions. Like, do you get this? Do you do that? And hmm. then you can quiz me about Long Island names. Like, is Hong Kong Kama an actual place? Wrong Kama. Yeah, see, no. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, this was funny. Okay, see, this is a Canadian Long Island thing now we could do for the last like minute. You see okay. your boy 
Justin Bieber was rocking a Massapequa High School sweatshirt with his girl Haley Baldwin. Is that who that was? I didn't recognize the girl. Yeah, they're engaged, Mitch. What? Yes. So Haley Baldwin's dad, one of the Baldwin brothers, the Lord knows which one, I don't know. I'm not that into pop culture. Wait, he, oh, right. I didn't even put that into, like, you said the word, and I didn't even phase that he was, like, marrying a Baldwin. Yeah, so. Wow. They, is it Billy? It's got to be Billy. It has to be Billy. Whichever one that it is, okay. they, went, they went to Massapequa High School. They're from Long Island. So the fact that JB was wearing a Massapequa high school sweatshirt it was just really funny. Was it? Or was it just weird? It was a weird. What weird makes it funny? I don't know. Pick a random town in Ottawa and have like some famous American singer wearing it. That high school well, sweatshirt. First off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. I was like, Justin Bieber is not American. No, that's why I'm claiming him. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. You were doing the, the reverse. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. I guess. I don't know. I don't really care about the Biebs. I'm not saying that be- Mitch, you're like so close about- that it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to show that it was funny because he was wearing something from your town and there was a connection because he's Canadian. No, it's not. And you're doing the oh. Mitch, you know, my town. We did the Winter Firehouse in South Hempstead where we did live broadcast. Right. It's when in, I meant your town, I meant Long Island in general. It's in Nassau County. Say Long Island has two okay. counties, Nassau and Suffolk. So right. this is another Nassau County town. There you go. See, now you're and Suffolk about- is to the east? East, yeah. It's huge. Yes. Right. That's the really big one. Nassau is much smaller. And then you got the five boroughs. Right. See, I, I know some things. You're, sort you're of. getting there. <laughs> I googled this corner gas thing. Is it the animated one or the regular one? The regular one. Okay. They look There's kinda- also a corner gas movie. Yeah, we really kind of like dial it. When we got one thing that works, we just we, we milk it till the very end. This picture is the most Canadian thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You sh- you should watch it. It's not just a bunch of people going around. Hey, hoser, how you doing? Eh, can I get a toonie? It's not just that, but it kind of plays on Canadiana, and it's funny. I like it. It's really funny. Okay, I should check it out because the only things I know about Canada come from you and Robin Trubatsky from. How I Met Your Mother. That's the oh, only that Canada is, knowledge those are I have. Not good Canadian role models. No, not at all. First off, that's a terrible show. Um, Bad take. Second off. <laughs> all right, we'll get into that again. Okay, so that, that's all I've got. I've got nothing else. All right, so let's. We don't need to keep rambling on about this. Let's do some PSA stuff before we get out of here, Mitch. Yes. Okay, so if you are listening to this on Apple, your iPhone iPad. I think you listen to a podcast on your iPad. Sure. Why not? That'd be weird, but sure, I guess. We could, it could happen. Subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps with our searchability, so we really appreciate it if you would do that. If you are listening on Android, you could subscribe to wherever you're listening to, so you get notified, and review and rate and stuff like that. That all really helps for us. As always, you can visit the website, eyesoniles.com, for all New York Islanders opinions, news, stuff like that. You could also download the app. It's easier. You get push notifications on your phone whenever anything is published, so you get it right away, and you can see if something is breaking or we got an opinion on something. You could also follow us on Twitter, at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter account is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could give us a like on our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. 
And I think I covered everything. You got it. I did. I did it. So, Mitch, 50 episodes in the books. Woo! Long distance high five. We've almost been doing this for a full year. In two weeks, it'll be a full year. That's crazy. That's insane. Wow, the next show is a full year. Wow. Two, Good for us. Two more shows, Mitch. Oh, yeah. I can't do math. It's back to the dyslexia thing. Hanging my head in shame. So we definitely appreciate all the loyal listeners through 50 episodes, and here's to another 50. Yeah. All right, so you've been tuned in to the Eyes on Isles podcast, and we will talk to you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.